So we've been looking at do not lose faith, right? Remember? How many of us remember that? Yeah. Do not lose faith. Do not lose faith. Luke chapter 10, verse 42. Luke 10, 42. Okay. Um, Father, we just ask, O oh God, that you uh, teach us from your word. Um, speak to our hearts. Give us grace um, from the word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, in Luke chapter 10, verse 42, here's what we find. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. You remember the background of this story. Two weeks ago, we talked about how Jesus had come to um, uh, Bethany, visiting Martha and Mary. From verse 38, it says, As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. That's what Jesus was talking about. Um, that she had discovered what was most important. And that is, you know, the Bible says that man shall not live by what? By bread alone, but by every word that proceeds where? Out of the mouth of God. So she had discovered that. That's what Jesus was saying. There's so much. There's, that, thing is, that, that statement is so packed. She had discovered the person who said, let there be light. And there was light. She had discovered the one who sits upon the circle of the earth. Whose word does not return to him void. The one whose word can heal. Whose word can deliver. Whose word can raise the dead to life. That's what she discovered. The, the word of the one who speaks and enraptures all of humanity. All of creation. She heard his voice and knew there was something about it. She sat at his feet. That's important. But then Martha was concerned. that, uh, And she was worried and upset. Over the fact that her sister was not helping her in preparation. And she said to the Lord, she came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worthy. Jesus said, my dear Martha. That's beautiful. You're still there to me in spite of your being so upset with what's going on right now. Because she was not only upset with Mary, she was also upset with the Lord. for not. Re you see that? She was up upset with her sister, but also with the Lord. Then Jesus says, there's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. It will not be taken away from her. Last week we talked about, you know, um, how that can be taken away. We went into a couple of things, but I won't, because of time, I won't go and rehash that. We want to try to close the series here. Do not lose faith. You know, we started two weeks ago talking about some of the high-profile Christians who are now dropping off and saying, I'm done. I'm no longer interested. I, I don't want to have anything to do with the faith anymore. They're dropping out and that it's affecting a lot of people. We talked about Joshua Harris who wrote a book years ago that sold over 900,000 copies and, and all of that. So we see all this and we're, 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 you know, people are concerned, people are afraid, people are not sure, how are we going to live our lives? What, you know, look at that famous person, if he's not, if he's dropped off, how about me? And on uh, my Joy Alive, on the Joy Alive Minute that I do on CHVN, I have about 10 messages there that are titled Stand Firm. 
I end with stand firm, stand firm, stand firm, just because of what's going on. So, and Jesus has already said that these things would happen. We're going to face these things. It'll happen. We're not to, to give up just because it is happening. Matthew chapter 24 prepares us, tells us about the things that are going to happen. And we have to be prepared in spite of everything uh, to keep moving on. Uh, may the Lord give us grace in Jesus' name. Yes. So let's let's get into this and see. Uh, as we talk about not losing faith and this last uh, uh, portion of this series, I pray that God will open our eyes. I pray that God will give us strength. What When you look at the statement there, it says, Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. I want to focus on the, the two words there, taken away. Taken away. Say that with me. Taken away. What will or what can, not will, what can be taken away? We begin with that question, what can be taken away? And I want to say that the major thing that can be taken away, when you look at Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus, it describes certain things. You can actually pull certain things out of that relationship, out of that picture, out of that scenario. And what is that? Number one is that Mary was, before I go into all of it, let's just say that the first thing, that the, the main thing that can be taken away from us is our love for Jesus and his church. What did I say? Our love for Jesus and, and his church. Because if the enemy can take that away, well, why, why do you want to hang out with something you don't love? Why do you want to hang out with something you don't like? Why do you want to hang out with something you're not interested in? Why do you want to hang out with something of, that you have lost interest in? Then the enemy can now say, well, I have you, I, I can isolate you and I can deal with you. Our love for Jesus and his church is what can be taken away. And I want to I look at love. If we love something, here, here are the things that you're going to find. Number one is passion. Those who love are passionate. If you love your spouse, you'll be passionate about your spouse. If you love your children, you are passionate about your children. If you love hockey, you are passionate about hockey. If you love football, you are what? Passionate about football. Whatever people love, they're what? They're passionate about. Number two is commitment. Commitment. If we are passionate about, if, if we love something, we are commitment. We are committed. Sorry to what we love. If you love something, you are committed. If you love a person, you are committed to them. Number three is humility. You know, Mary was committed. That's why she was sitting there at the feet of Jesus Christ to learn from Him. All right. Then there's humility. It's humility that makes someone sit at the feet of someone else. She was sitting at the feet of Jesus. It represents what? Humility. It also represents hunger. She was hungry for something more. And that's why she would sit at the feet of the master. While everywhere people were busy running around getting excited. Yo, uh, Yeshua is in the house today. Oh my goodness, it's a big party. Everybody said, like, oh, we saw the big, the, the guy who heals is over at Mary and Martha's. There was a lot of noise about what was going on in that house. There was attention drawn to that house. But in the midst of all that noise, in the midst of all that distraction, in the midst of all that excitement, in the midst of all of that that was going on, Mary was so focused, her hunger drove her to sit at the feet of the Lord. And the last one is fellowship. People who love, love fellowship. If you, if you truly love, you love fellowship. They won't find an excuse not to fellowship. If you truly are filled with love, 
you are also full of a desire for fellowship because one of the products of love is fellowship. The, you, know, you know, today we talk about hanging out. Hanging out is actually fellowship. When you hang out with people, you are fellowshipping with them. You are spending time with them. Fellowship is a product of love. So because Mary loved Jesus, she wanted to fellowship with him. Now, this doesn't mean that Martha didn't love. She was distracted. She was distracted, but she loved the Lord also. And sometimes we can come to that place of misplacing our priorities while we are busy about the things that, yeah, we need to deal with, but we need to put God first. The Bible says, seek first what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. So Jesus said, this can be taken away. He said, this, this for Mary, it will not be taken away from her, but that tells us that it can be taken away. Last week I said that, the Lord was already prophesying because the word that flows from his mouth are words of prophecy. He was already speaking protection over her for the future. So when there was now an opportunity for trouble, there was already the word of protection. And we went further to see how Mary was at home and, and Martha went to meet the Lord. We talked about that last week. And please, if you would like to, uh, you know, listen to the message, you can always go to the website, joyfoundchurch.com and, uh, slash messages or just you know find it on there the messages are there you can right, right on the on the home page you can click on it and watch the message or listen to it while you drive and then pull some things out from there if you would like to do that so our love for jesus christ and his church is what the enemy will attack and it, it what you begin to see that when passion we lose passion we lose commitment people are no longer humble they cannot be spoken to. People have agendas. They are not interested in walking with others. They, 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 they just want something out of the church. They are not ready to give. I always say that the three things you test in any local church, any local community, any home group, anything, anywhere people gather, three things you test, tithes, time, treasures. If people are willing to tithe, now some people don't tithe 10% of their income. Whatever you're comfortable with doing, it's between you and God. But the point I'm trying to make is I use the word T. Tithe, time, what? Treasures. If people can give their money to you, they believe in what you are doing. People can give their money to you, they don't believe in what you're doing. I don't care how they spin it. They don't believe. You check how we parents spend on sports in Canada. We're never late to sports. Never. If the coach says everybody must be at the game, how, what would they say? My wife, I've been doing it for 10 years. Even sometimes we're not feeling well. We just struggle to go. To what? To ball. Ball games. Ball game. Some of our kids will not even end up being professionals. Some of us have destroyed them. Before they get to 15 years, they are destroyed because they go from basketball to baseball, from baseball to football. We never did that. God gave us the wisdom. Uh, they have to rest. If you don't rest those bones that are still forming, they will never get the scholarship you are looking for. I'm just telling you what I know. <laughs> I'm just telling you because I love you. And you know, the truth is not easy to speak Neither is it easy to receive. <laughs> it's, 
It's not easy for me to tell the truth because sometimes I get into trouble for it. But I have to be faithful to my call. Because if I don't, because I'm afraid that, oh, you know what will happen? I may not, <laughs> I may lose my job. Now, that's not how this thing works. The employer is not a human being. <laughs> the employer is not, and when you know the employer, you get to a point where you don't care anymore. If you cannot die for this employer, you are not prepared to run for this employer or to run with this employer. If you're not ready for people to call you names with this employer, you are not ready to run with this employer. If you're not ready to preach with one person that the employer sends to you, if you're not ready to pray for one person that the employer re re reveals to you, then you have no idea how this um, employer operates. If you're not ready to be number two in a place where this employer has called you, you can't run with the employer. Our passion must not die. See, Elisha was number two to Elijah. <laughs> but Elisha did twice the miracles of Elijah. Our humility must be in front. The Bible said we should be as humble as Christ. Who was equal with God. But he took the form of what? A human being. Our hunger must not die. Our hunger must not die. And when I talk about hunger, it's when you are alone. Are you hungry for the scriptures? Do you feel drawn to the word when you are not sitting here? Church, no matter what kind of church it is where Jesus is proclaimed, whether it is in a restaurant, in a school theater, in the building that they call church. Because the building is not the church, it's the people. Wherever you are gathered together, because God ordained gathering. Whether it's five people or 50,000 people, God ordained gathering. I always tell people, church is not about size. Look, God ordained it all. On the day of Pentecost, how many people got saved? Who knows? How many people? How many people got baptized? Huh? 3,000. That's a mega church. It's part of the plan. It's part of the plan. One is not better than the other. It's part of the plan. God ordained it all. The following week or a couple days later, he added 5,000 more to the 3,000. God created a divine local government. He created a kingdom local government at once made a statement. Then Paul traveled all over the place planting churches. Some of those churches had 25 people, 50 people. Then he went from home to home ministering. Friends, our hunger must not die. Our desire for fellowship must not die. These are the things that I see as I see Mary sitting there. She desires fellowship. She has a hunger. She has a passion. That's why she can sit at the feet of Jesus. As you are here today, as I'm here, honestly, I'm doing what I'm doing at the feet of the master. You are sitting there at the feet of the master. Our sitting is not just a physical sitting. It's where our heart is. Is our heart sitting? Is your heart sitting or is it standing up? Because you may be sitting, but your heart is standing. Like, I don't agree with you. <laughs> so let's look at what can take it away. What can take our love for Jesus and his church away? 
I want to say that trauma and the enemy's taunts. Trauma. In Matthew 24, 12, the Bible says, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall what? Become cold. Wax cold. Become cold. And that's what's happening today. In North America, they say attendance to church services is dropping. Churches are closing. <laughs> but that will not be our portion in Jesus' name. Do I hear an amen to that? We teach the word, we preach the word, and we believe God for his, for his work to be done. Um, then, I want to talk about four troublesome environments. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3 to 5. What are these four troublesome environments that can take away from us? That can cause people to lose their faith? Number one is the valleys. In Isaiah 40, chapter 3 to 5, the Bible talks about the valleys. The Bible talks about the mountains. The Bible talks about the curves or the crooked paths. And the Bible talks about the rough places. Is anybody here who has been through rough places? Rough places of health. Rough, rough, rough places of financial difficulty. Have you ever had a, a wrong bill given to you? For hydro? Have you ever had a situation where you had to fight for your rights? Something that was not your fault just came upon you. What are those things that can take that can challenge our faith. And people say, you know what? I'm done. In the case of Mary, it was the death of her brother. It's like, man, Lord, if you had been here, if you had been here, if your car is ever stolen, if your money is ever stolen, you say sometimes, well, I don't know why God allowed it. Inside your heart, you may be saying, God, I don't really believe anymore. Why did you allow it? Because sometimes it's not really asking, we're not asking, the why is a why of... <laughs> You let me down. It's actually like you let me down. I feel let down. And I, and, and, I, and I know as humans we can feel that way, but we can't stay there. Did you hear what I just said? It can come to us, but you can't stay there. We can't. Otherwise, we'll lose our faith. Because lose faith will become lost faith. What does God say? He says, listen, Isaiah 40 verse 3 says, listen, is the voice of someone shouting clear the way through the, uh, shouting clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God. Fill in the valleys, level the mountains and hills, straighten the curves, smooth out the rough places. After these are done, this is what he says, the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together. The Lord has spoken. There are going to be valleys in our lives, mountains coming, curves, crooked paths that don't look straight. Mary was looking, my brother died. This is not straight anymore. It's not straight, it's crooked. I'm following Jesus, but my brother died. To make matters worse, I'm following Jesus. We fed him in our house. We took care of his disciples. We gave them a room to stay. We allowed them to have showers in our home. We did all of this. We paid such a great bill for them to come, financially speaking. And guess what? We even told Jesus that our brother was sick and he delayed in coming. So when I see him, I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. If you had been there with all your power, with all your anointing, with being who you are, my brother would not have died she didn't know that God had a purpose Jesus had told his disciples before leaving Jerusalem let's now go and wake him up because he's sleeping they thought he was sleeping but what he meant is we're going to raise him from the dead 
They did, he, she didn't know that there was a greater purpose. Friends, when you are going through something, even if it was your own mistake, God can turn your mistakes. God can turn your downfalls. God can turn your difficulties into amazing testimonies. Your tests will become testimonies. Hallelujah. Are you with me? <laughs> oh, rough places will become smooth. That's what he says. And when this happens, he says, verse 5, then the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together. The Lord has spoken. Let's see. What is the conclusion of the matter? What is the conclusion of the matter? John chapter 11, verse 40. Do you believe? That's the question I leave with you today. Do you believe? And that's why that song, I don't select the songs. This message was going to end with belief. And I'm telling you, as I was singing that song there today, I believe, I believe in Jesus. I believe, uh, you know, uh, God the Father God the, and God the Son. I'm telling you, I could see a fresh belief rose up in me. I, I've, been, I've been a Christian for a long time, my friends. I'm a Christian. That's who I am. I'm not uh, before a pastor or minister or apostle, whatever. The Christian comes first. <laughs> That's who we are. We are followers of Jesus. Disciples. In fact, a Christian is a disciple. If a Christian is not a disciple, I don't know what Christian he is. A Christian, he or she is, we are supposed to be disciples. We are called into discipleship. In fact, the Bible says that it was in Antioch that the disciples were what? First called Christians. And a disciple has a narrow path. Our music path is narrow. <laughs> Our dressing is narrow. Believe me, you may not agree with me, but we are called on the narrow. Our choices are limited. Our choices with what we can do with our money, the disciple, you can't just do anything you like with your money. I know it's your money, but you belong to God. And if you belong to God, then your money is God's money. You can't just do anything you like with your house. So where is my house? Why is God's house? My house is an embassy of God's kingdom. And the presence of the Lord resides there. The disciple must surrender his rights to God. Not to Joy Fountain, but to God. So when you surrender your rights to God, if you are here, and then God says, play the guitar, sing the song, you do that. You don't surrender your rights to me. You don't surrender your rights to anybody. You surrender your rights to who? To the Almighty God. If God says, get up and leave here, you leave. Don't wait. Don't let me convince you to stay. You go to where he has sent you, but don't lie. Because <laughs> if you lie... You are going to learn the lesson where you are going. Do what God says you should do and everything will be fine. The question is, do you believe? John eleven forty. 40, Jesus said to her, do you believe? Everybody's vision will be tested. Every Christian's life will be tested. Every believer who said, I'm following Jesus, you must be tested. It will, it will come. And at the time of the test, the question is, do you believe? Can you hold on? So Jesus asked Mary, did I not, uh, uh, Martha, did I not say to you? Did I not say to you, if you believe, you will see the glory of the Lord? I remember how we learned that verse years ago from King James. Did I not say to you, if thou wouldest believe? Thou wouldest see the glory, or something like that, of the Lord. If, I mean, that if I, do you believe? Joy Fountain today, I'm saying to you, is there anybody who believes here? Is there anybody who can say, I believe? Down from deep within their heart. If your belief is shaky, please, because of all you are seeing, go back inside. Stay with the Lord and say, God, refresh me with inner strength. Like the prayer we prayed from the scripture. Refresh me with inner strength so that I can be strong. 
not wishy-washy, not following every wind of doctrine, but standing solid unto the end. Let's be faithful to the word. I made up my mind today. I said, Lord, I'm going to be faithful to the teaching of your word. I will do whatever it takes. You give me the grace. I can't do it in my own strength, but I will make sure that as long as you give me an opportunity, I will give the word as it is. To whom come whoever comes my way. Are we perfect? No, we're not. Are we on the road to perfection? Yes, we are. That's the idea. The Bible says that the righteous, how do, what happens to us? We're changing from glory to glory. That's our path onto a perfect day. May the Lord bless you in the name of Jesus. May the Lord strengthen you. If there are people you know who want to come to church, bring them. Encourage them. Tell them that they will receive the bread of life and that they will be encouraged. Let me tell you one thing. If, a, if church is not life-giving, it's a waste of time. What did I just say? Okay, so at the end of this service, if you have not received life, if the word has not encouraged you, if, if you don't, if, if from the singing, you don't feel because the gathering of God's people, who is there when we gather? Who, is, who comes in? The Bible says, whether there are two or what? Three. And the person who comes into the room is called eternal life. He can't die. So if we are worshiping him from our hearts, in spirit and in truth, it should be life-giving. I'm praying that today you have received life and that your, your faith is strengthened and that you will not lose your faith for whatever comes against you, storms, whatever it is, you will not lose your faith in Jesus' name. That's my prayer for you. And I know that you've prayed that for me too today and we will not lose our faith in Jesus' name. Faith is the currency of heaven. I remember I told you the currency is not, I told you five things that are currency last week. It's not money. Most people think money when they hear currency. No, currency Electrical current, river flowing current, current accounts with hydro, banks, current, keep things current, current news, what's happening currently, current, current. Faith is the currency of heaven. In other words, faith is what lets you know what's happening there. Faith is what makes you hear what they're saying. Faith is what allows you to draw on what's happening there, like electrical current. You can plug in faith. Is a currency of heaven. Oh my goodness. Let's pray.